0: this is planetary radio welcome everyone I'm Matt Kaplan what a weekend I suppose you've heard the news the Mars exploration rover Spirit has successfully landed on the surface of Mars Like millions of other space enthusiasts around the world, I spent Saturday and Sunday, January 3 and 4, first in anxious anticipation and then in celebration. Well over 2,000 of us gathered at the Pasadena Convention Center for Wild About Mars, the Planetary Society's way of making the rover landing an educational experience, an opportunity to be entertained by the likes of Ray Bradbury, John Rhys-Davies, and Bill Nye. A chance to applaud the engineers and scientists on the Murr team, and a heck of a great party. Perhaps you joined us via the Society's very popular live webcast. In planning today's special show, we first thought about trying to capture the flavor of Wild About Mars we quickly realized that nothing could top the incredibly tense few minutes between Spirit's entry into the Martian atmosphere and confirmation that it was safe and sound in Gusev Crater. So that's what we're going to play for you today, followed by our What's Up visit with Bruce Betts and this week's trivia question. Actually, you'll hear much more of Bruce this week. He served as host of Wild About Mars. In the next 20 minutes or so, you'll hear Bruce on stage, where he was joined by Dr. Donna Shirley, former manager of the Mars Exploration Program at NASA's Jet Propulsion Lab. Bruce and Donna provided helpful explanation and comments as we literally looked over the shoulders of everyone at the JPL Operations Center for the rover, thanks to a giant video screen. The pandemonium you'll periodically hear is generated by both the MER team at JPL, and the standing room only crowd at the convention center. Now, let us take you back just a few days to this history in the making.
1: Spirit land reporting that we are decelerating as expected. Uh, current rate of deceleration on board spacecraft is expected to be two point four Gs. Let detected deceleration tone number four. Copy that? We expect a, expected parachute deployment should occur in roughly sixty seconds. Uh, at this time the onboard computer is busy looking at the vehicle's rate of deceleration to determine the proper time to deploy the parachute. This will occur about one minute from now once the vehicle is slowed to 1.7 times the speed of sound. Wow. The like, the vehicle decelerating nicely as expected. Over the next minute the vehicle's rate of wobbling will gradually increase. This is a natural consequence of passing through the atmosphere at low supersonic speeds. Now 3 minutes 35 seconds after atmospheric entry. Just under 30 seconds to expect the parachute deployment. Current altitude 45,000 feet. Current velocity, 1,356 miles per hour. Our current rate of deceleration is 1.1 G. 5.2 acceleration, zone number two. 1.0 G. Expected parachute deploy in 10 seconds. Expected parachute deploy in 5 seconds. 4, 3, 2, 1, mark. We're awaiting confirmation parachute has deployed current altitude should be approximately 25,000 feet, velocity 446 miles per hour. At this time, we expect the vehicle has gone subsonic, moving at a velocity of Mach 0.6, 304 miles per hour. We see a parachute, parachute detected. Woo! by the rapid reacquisition indicates the parachute has deployed at near the expected time. Flight now. Uh The one-way Doppler uh, has stopped being received, indicating that the PBR is blocked block, which is consistent with parachute deploy having occurred uh, a little bit later than the predicted parachute deploy time. Copy that. Navigation reporting the parachute may have deployed slightly late. However, there is a 10-second uncertainty on this value of shield to shield deployed event. So, uh, spacecraft okay. reporting the that shield has indeed just lander separation has been detected. Spacecraft reporting lander is separated. We expect that we will lock, radar will lock on the ground in approximately five seconds from now. Current altitude 8,000 feet, moving at a speed of 173 miles per hour. We are near our terminal velocity. We expect that airbag should inflate approximately 25 seconds. Uh, the retro rocket should ignite in approximately 20 seconds from now. is radar in lock. Spacecraft reporting that the radar is in lock and we have a good solution on the ground. Woo! Radar is working. Expected retro rocket ignition on my mark. Mark. Awaiting confirmation from the spacecraft that retro rocket ignition has occurred. At this point in time, we should be on the ground. We are now roughly 10 seconds from the latest expected landing time. There is a dispersion in landing time of plus or minus 30 seconds. So the latest expected landing is expected three seconds from now. So roughly any signal that we receive from now indicates the vehicle would be alive on the ground and bouncing. Stand by.
2: They may or may not be able to receive communication from the spacecraft once it's landed, even if everything has gone well. 37 seconds
1: from atmospheric entry. Still awaiting signal that we are on the ground.
3: That's Tom Rivolini, who was the uh, manager of the airbag uh, landing system.
2: possibilities after The current
1: status is that we had momentary signals after the landing event was expected to occur. We currently do not have a signal from the surface of Mars. We are currently looking at the telecom displays to try to reacquire the signal. Now, 8 minutes 39 seconds after landing, we expect that the vehicle should bounce and roll for another seven minutes. The vehicle could bounce and roll for up to a kilometer away from its initial impact point.
2: Well, that was a rush. <laughs> all right.
3: Have you ever wondered what all those consoles are? There's each console has a certain amount of information that's got all the all the analysis software necessary. So, if for instance the radio guy sees something, he can tell you what condition the radio in is in, or if the um, Power person, power woman. awaiting no, confirmation
1: of signal.
3: They'll be able to analyze what they see so they can see if the power levels are correct. So all of those consoles are what the spacecraft uses to tell us how it's feeling. And also so that they can analyze the data to see if it's in with Take the commands.
1: EDA is now, just to remind you, is doing one-second processing, so its noise floor is very high. You can see it's not able to see anything lower than about 13 13 dB hertz. We, in about a minute or two, will begin doing longer integration times. That will drop the noise floor down. We may see something at that time. So this could be just an artifact of the way we're processing at the moment. Copy that EDA
3: Oh, the guy in the middle with the jeans is
1: Steve Squires.
3: Steve Squires is the uh, principal investigator for the whole, uh, all the science on the mission. He was a student of Carl Sagan's. Uh, He's from Cornell. The guy in the red shirt is uh, Sean O'Keefe, the administrator of NASA.
4: MGS Mock, this is Flight on Murray Opt. (coughs) Go ahead, Flight. Can you give me a current status, please? We are not quite yet able to say just how much data volume we're getting. Stand by, and I will let you know ASAP.
1: Copy that. Thank you.
3: The guy in the suit who's talking to Sean O'Keefe is Naderi, who's the program manager. He took my job when I left uh, JPL as manager of the Mars Exploration Program.
2: So, again, even in a... uh good situation. There's a lot of uncertainty in terms of communication at this point, Uh, and in fact, some of it depends purely on probability eventually of of how the lander first lands and orients and whether it's able to get a signal off, additional signal off to Earth before Earth appears to set as seen on Mars. There also should have been a lot of entry and descent data transmitted to Mars Global Surveyor, which will come back uh, hopefully in uh, something like 20 to 30 minutes from now and then uh, if nothing is heard directly from the spacecraft direct earth then there's probably a, a wait until the 10:30 30, 11 11:30 11, 30 time frame when Mars Odyssey orbiter will do an overflight of the lander and should be better poised to hear any any signal or uh, retrieve any data
3: the fellow in the blue shirt is Richard Cook who is the mission Design manager over all the whole uh, program. And a minute ago you saw, oh, see the guy at the far left with gray hair that is hugging somebody. That's Pete Teisinger, and he's the project manager for the whole Mars Exploration Rover project.
2: Bring back any memories for you, Donna?
3: Oh, yeah. (laughs) Mostly waiting. Except that we didn't have on Pathfinder, they didn't have any signals at all from the time that it that it threw off the back of the uh, crew stage to the time that it actually said I made it, and uh, there was just one. Little, there was a very small chance that we were actually going to hear the Mom I made it signal that day on the fourth of July, but it happened to land just right, so it landed on the bottom with a little tiny stub antenna about this big sticking up. And all it did was go beep, basically. Here they uh, and because the Mars uh, Surveyor 98 mission failed and they didn't have any telemetry, any information coming back, they had, don't know why. If they they have a pretty good suspicion why it failed, but they don't know exactly. So for Mars exploration rovers, one of the main things that they did was to install all this telemetry so that you'd actually get. At this time, we are
1: uh, 13 minutes 48 seconds after. Entry into the Martian atmosphere, approximately eight minutes from expected touchdown point, we currently are still searching for a confirmation for a signal from Mars.
3: So all of the all of the telemetry from the t- even down to the time it hit uh, came back. But now, if it's bouncing around, it could have landed in a position where the antenna's... It's got all these airbags around it. They have to deflate the airbags, and then they have to open up the pedals. And it may not be until the airbags are deflated and the pedals are open that they'd be able to uh, to hear from it. So that's why it's taking so long, because the configuration that it's in uh, may or may not allow the, the antenna to actually broadcast back to uh, to one of the things that are going over. Uh, when Mars Odyssey or Mars Global Surveyor go over, they can both hear at the frequency that the spacecraft... Flight mgs
4: Go ahead, MGS-Mock. I have some indication of greater than 240 kilobytes of MR data at this point, which may be indicative of reception after landing. Uh, we'll have to wait about another four minutes to get this data back
1: down. Copy that. Uh, once we get the data down, we can confirm how how much of that data is actually post, post
3: landing. Yeah, I think what they uh, what they're saying is is that the, that one of the orbiters going over I couldn't tell which one has gotten some sort of data, but they're going to have to wait another few minutes before it gets the whole data package down and can tell them whether it's gotten down or not. Yeah. the sure. Lower left is Pete Tisinger the project manager. Uh, the guy in the middle, I think, is uh, Ed. Uh, Ed Wyler. Thank you. The uh, head of space Weiler. science at NASA. Right. So soon you forget. <laughs>
2: <laughs> what does MR stand for? MR data. Do you know? Uh, when did they say that?
1: This yeah. time, we're approximately 10 minutes after landing. The vehicle should have rolled to a stop by now. The Deep Space Network stations at Goldstone and Canberra are still searching for the signal. This is not necessarily on three minutes to uh, first tones from the RLGA, and we're seven minutes from the tones on the set on the PLGA.
3: Uh I don't they may have said Mars Odyssey. I thought they were talking about one of the orbiters. The
1: fact that a tone has not yet been received is not necessarily a cause for alarm, as during the bouncing and rolling event it is extremely difficult to send signals back to Earth and that uh there is sophisticated software being used here in the flight control center to process this data. However, it takes the computer some time to catch up due to the intensity of the uh, numerical computations to search for the signal. In roughly three minutes the rover should transmit one of the electronic tones indicating that it is safely on the surface.
2: All right, because uh, this is a, a smidge dramatic, I'm going to stick with this. Bill Hartman has generous, gener- generously agreed to be the guy who gets slipped around in the program, so we'll hold off on the Gusev crater discussion a little bit later for the landing site as we try to figure out How safe it is at the landing site.
3: So Now
1: just over two minutes from expected transmissions of tones from the surface.
3: So unlike the movies, uh, things don't happen exactly when they're supposed to or when you'd like for them to. So you get to be in a real-life situation here, just like the people in the control room. So hang in there. A lot of these people were people who were on either Pathfinder or Mars Global Surveyor or Mars Odyssey, so uh, most of these folks have had this kind of experience before. Mark Adler. Uh, Slide so, MGS mock. I have positive
4: confirmation of more than 240 <laughs> kilobytes of the yeah. Mark, a camera Mike reporting that it is likely that the Spirit Landers
1: Transmitted data to the Mars Global Surveyor spacecraft during descent. MGS Ma, this is flight. Standby one. Copy.
3: I don't know why they're not celebrating.
1: (laughs) Now, approximately one minute from expected transmission of semaphore tones from the surface.
3: Okay, this is going to be the positive confirmation, if it comes. If it doesn't come... The
1: Deep Space Network tracking stations are still searching for the signal. Again, as mentioned earlier, it requires a lot of computer time to process these signals due to their weak nature. And also the fact that the Earth is currently setting a scene from Mars.
2: One of the interesting points about the data... They're trying to get back from Mars Global Surveyor, which picked up this entry and descent data, hopefully, uh, is that Mars Global Surveyor... Yes.
4: Flight MGS Mach.
2: Go MGS
4: I have, uh, 16 frames in lock, receiver in lock. Earliest is at 04-24-57. Latest is at 4 57 which is considerably after the expected landing time. Um, I'm still waiting to get the second uh, chunk of data uh, standby.
1: Copy that. Let us know when it's uh, in, uh, in the queue to uh, get the JPL. Copy, absolutely. Dr. Mike Malin reporting that the Mars Global Surveyor spacecraft may have received data from the Spirit lander after expected landing time. That would be a very good sign. Uh, just uh
2: so related to this, the uh, the data they're bringing back is actually going into the camera uh, data bin on Mars Global Surveyor, which is why you're hearing Mike Malin reported in this. Mike Malin the. Uh, the builder of the Mars orbiter camera As a point
1: of interest during the entry-descent landing sequence the Spirit lander reported back to Earth that it believed that the, its drop velocity towards <laughs> the surface the was approximately 65 meters per second and the, the horizontal test. velocity was less Could than you, uh, meters uh, per second verify the uh, broadcast channels that the UHF data will come out on please
4: the broadcast channel for the UHF real-time data is MER-A to B4 UHF recorded Is Mer A to B5. Copy that. All the stations, this is flight. Uh, Station calling flight. That was me, probably flight. I have confirmation from Stanford that they saw the signal from the rover for... keeping but it's, they saw it for a lot longer than it would
1: have been just the, the descent part. Copy that thank you.
3: Also with passion. All station versus Uh
4: please switch over your DMDs uh, and prepare for uh UHF data
1: on uh MER A, TIS B four.
3: The, uh, on Pathfinder,
1: uh, UHF tracking antenna at Stanford University reporting that it may have seen a signal from the rover at a time at which the rover should have been on the ground. Deep Space Network tracking stations in Canberra and Goldstone are still searching for the primary signals.
3: On Pathfinder, the only way to get a signal back was directly from Mars to Earth. These can go through both Odyssey. And- was the uh, mission manager during passports. Scientists on the planet.
4: shows that we had 29 frames uh, in lock, receiver, synchronizer and Viterbi. The earliest was at 04-24-57. The latest was at 04- 32-25. Well,
1: very good. We still have very strong signal, however. Flight 8, uh, 14 has carrier in lock. We have carrier in lock. All right. We have a lot on the signal. Goldstone has the carrier signal in lock from the rover. Woo! We want the rover to the rover. It's quite The airbags are still inflated. The airbags, are still inflated. We expect that the airbag retraction should start in approximately two minutes from now. It's
3: another biggie. Is everybody happy?
0: <laughs> Yet another What's Up on Location. Bruce Betts, who is just, well, not exactly just, maybe an hour ago, come off of the uh, po come away from the podium at Wild About Mars, just completed here at the Pasadena Convention Center. Heck of a show. Incredible.
2: Incredible. It would have been incredible no matter what happened, but with just a performance. Perfect mission, everything going so well, having a sellout crowd at the Pasadena Convention Center, over 2,000 people live, lots on a webcast to witness the landing of Spirit.
0: Unbelievable. How cool to be part of something like this. Big screen, 2,000 people coming out and jumping up and down, synchronized with the scientists at JPL, the scientists and engineers behind Spirit. Uh, There they were live on the big screen, jumping up and down, and everybody was here, too.
2: The drama was followed by great jubilation. It was incredible. It was incredible. And also, we had a number of great speakers, celebrities, guests, exhibits. Uh, Incredible.
0: Well, we'll move on to What's Up, which is going to be just as exciting (laughs) this week. (laughs) What have you got for us? What's Up? Wait. Oh, that's that show we do. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah, okay. Well, tired. Okay. Yeah, well, let's see. This week in space history, this really cool rover Spirit is going to drive around on Mars in Gusev Crater. It's going to be great. Random space fact! Gusev is a crater on Mars. There's a rover in it right now that's going to drive around.
0: You're really tired, aren't you? You want to go home. <laughs> Are we done yet? <laughs> we should say Bruce was... Basically, the boss man of uh, Wild About Bars, and was uh, on stage more than anybody else because you were pretty much our host, our moderator too. So you, you've earned the right to go home.
2: Yeah, I wouldn't.
0: I wouldn't let other people on stage. But. And he literally kicked other people in the stomach down the steps. Yeah,
2: <laughs> Battling with Gimli the dwarf, you can make those...
0: Yeah, Guy with the axe, you were fearless. No, you led lots of other people on stage. All good folks, but let's bring this around. What's next? Are we up to trivia? We are, aren't we?
2: We are. We are up to trivia. So let's do last week's trivia question, which is uh, on the Mars Exploration Rover spacecraft. What is a rad motor, and how many does each spacecraft have? What do we do? What would we
0: get? Radical dude. We got some great responses. I'm, I'm stealing uh, Biff's lines, but uh, we got uh, a few. I, I felt a little down this week, I'll be honest, because, and I think it was because of the holiday. But we did get this one, the winning one, from Barry Olson in Lethbridge, Alberta, Canada. Barry, congratulations, you're a winner. The answer, of course, Bruce, was
2: rocket-assisted descent motor. These are the motors that fire shortly before the the big ball of airbags is going to hit the ground because it's still going too fast to hit safely. So there are these three motors that fire rockets to slow it basically to a dead stop in midair about, uh, I I believe, uh, 40 feet above the surface. And then it drops and bounces along, as Spirit did.
0: And anybody who uh, gets a chance to see the amazing Dan Moss uh, animation, the visualization, We'll get to see this um, in action. It was just an incredible thing. And, of course, he was here and we showed his video. Anyway, Barry, you're going to be the first winner of the fantastic new prize uh, that we're going to be giving away on Planetary Radio, and that is... A planetary radio T-shirt. Can you can you contain yourself? Yay! <laughs> I gotta say, when
2: when we brought these out, Matt really actually could not contain himself. I was thrilled. I'm still thrilled. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good time. It's the new contest uh, prize. So, come compete for it. This week's trivia question. We're going to stick with letters on the Spirit rover for a thousand. Except it's not really for a thousand. It's for a planetary radio T-shirt. <laughs> Anyway, uh, on the Spirit Rover, there's an instrument on the robotic arm that is called the APXS. There was also an APXS on the Sojourner Rover. However, one of those letters stands for a different word on this rover. Which letter is it? What was the word before and what is it now?
0: I'm sorry. I think I lost you back there at new trivia question for this week. No, okay. I, how could people enter?
2: Well, first you're going to want to replay that so you can hear what the question is <laughs> or read it on our website as Matt tries to figure out what the question was. Then go to planetary.org slash radio, follow the links Planetary Radio, enter our contest, Learn all sorts of things about the Spirit landing, the Spirit rover. Check in with interviews with Spirit people. Check in with Biff Starling, the first astrobot on Mars. How about that, Biff?
0: Whoa, dude. Now, we have one special guest that we can go to just before we finish. We have maybe a minute left.
2: Yes, this is, uh, we've had him on the show before. His name's Daniel.
0: And Daniel uh, helped out tonight. Daniel, you picked out the the person uh, who won a telescope tonight. Yeah, I did. How did you do that?
4: Well, it was really just, it was, that was easy. There were little pieces of paper with people's names on them.
0: And you picked out the winner. Yeah. You just reached in. You didn't know which one you were going to get. You just grabbed one. Yeah. Well, nice job. Thanks for the help. Bye. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Thank you very much. Thank you. One last question. Uh, Daniel, did you enjoy the Mars landings? Yes, I did. Thanks, Matt. Did you have did you have a good time?
0: I had a wonderful time. I had a wonderful time. This was a great thing to be a part of. And now it's over. They're picking up the chairs. Time to say goodnight.
2: Good night, and everybody look up in the night sky. Look for Mars. It's up there in the evening sky. And think about the Spirit Rover freshly sitting on the surface and think about Biff Starling, astronaut Extraordinaire, exploring the surface of Mars. Only the fourth place we've ever seen. First place Biff's ever seen.
0: Bruce Betts, the Director of Projects for the Planetary Society, (laughs) and the host of Wild About Mars, where we are wrapping up at the Pasadena Convention Center. Thank you all for tuning in this week, and we hope you'll join us again next week for the next edition of Planetary Radio.